0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the holy gospel according to Luke. When the days were completed for their purification according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph took Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens a womb It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the, the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let go your servant, in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared sight of all the peoples, a light for revelations to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be contradicted, and you yourself a sword will purse so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Anuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years having lived seven years with her husband after her marriage, and then as a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day with fasting and prayer. And coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who are awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. in the gospel, this encounter between Simeon and Anna with the Holy Family of Jesus. And I think this encounter between these two people and the Holy Family is an opportunity to reflect in the interaction that we see in the church between the vocation of marriage and the vocation to consecrated life. As I was saying at the beginning of Mass, today is a day of prayer for consecrated life, and next week is the day of prayer for um, is the national international day of prayer for, um, for marriage in preparation for Valentine's, that's what it seems the Holy Family this beautiful reality of the plurality of occasions that we experience in the Catholic Church so first we have Simeon and Anna Anna says the gospel was in the temple, praying and fasting, Simeon was also going to a temple in the spot completely to God in the context of a, of a community. Like, for example, the Carmelites here in Eugene, the Benedictine monks of Monangel, the Trappist Abbey in Lafayette, the Bridgetine monks in Amity. And you could go on and on and on. And actually, the St. Soci- John Society and Society of Mary are also institutes of consecrated life, with more an accent on mission and evangelization. So it's a beautiful gift of the Catholic Church. Men and women completely consecrated to God and to the mission of the Church. It's true that in the Orthodox Church and some Eastern religions, you have other forms of monasticism. But is in its majority a gift proper to the Catholic Church? The Catechism points 916 says in a brief way what is the goal of consecrated life. In the consecrated life, Christ's faithful, moved by the Holy Spirit, is a charismatic reality, a reality that is initiated by the Holy Spirit, proposed to follow Christ more nearly to give themselves to God, who is loved above all, and pursuing the perfection of charity in the service of the kingdom, to signify and proclaim in the church the glory of the world to come. And I highlight these two aspects of consecrated life, to love God above all, and to pursue the perfection of charity in the service of the kingdom. Consecrated people in the first place They tell us and they speak to us about this gift of loving God with your whole heart. I forgot to say that the two vocations of marriage and consecration, they speak to each other. So married people have something to say to consecrated people, and consecrated people have something to say to married people. It's a mutually enriching reality. So the first thing consecrated people say to married people is how beautiful it is to love God with an undivided heart. They show to us how God can satisfy the deepest longings of our hearts. I remember in Argentina there's a group of cloister sisters that they spend a lot of time praying and one time I went to visit them and I took a group of students and I asked one of the Sisters, could we hear your testimony after Mass? And she says, sure, but I pray a little bit after Mass. So, Mass is ended, we go out, we wait five minutes, we wait ten minutes, we wait twenty minutes, thirty minutes later, Sister comes out of his prayer. And she was so radiant, you could see in her eyes this purity, this light. You could see in her eyes this soul that loved the Lord with such an intensity. And she could see in our eyes our own sinfulness. Like those holy people, when they look at you, you feel like, ah, she's really my soul. Like, don't look at me. Like, but that's the first gift consecrated people give to us. They awaken in us that nostalgia for the the divine. They show us the beauty of loving God, as the catechism says, above all, with an undivided heart. And they say to us, the love of God is enough. But also, consecrated life is expressed in service for the kingdom. It is expressed in concrete action, like in education, in the medical field, in the service to the poor. We have the Sisters of Charity of Trees of Calcutta, so many religious sisters serving in Catholic schools, the Sisters of Life working for the pro-life movement, and so on and so forth. In the Gospel, Simeon blessed them, says Luke. He blessed Joseph, Jesus, and Mary. It's a symbol of the service of consecrated people to the people of God. Basically, it symbolizes we exist to bless you, to love you, to give ourselves to you. And one of maybe the most hidden ways in which consecrated people influence us is through their intercession. Anna says the gospel was this woman who was married seven years, but then... She became a widow and until she was 84, the gospel says that she never left the temple but worshipped day and night with fasting and prayer. So this woman faithfully went to a temple to pray, worshipping day and night with fasting and prayer. And in that way also so many groups in the church intercede for us. I go sometimes to the British Monastery in Amity. They are also known as the fudge monks because they sell fudge. And by the way, it's very good. Every time I go, they give me like at least six boxes of all type of fudge. And when they end the day, they pray a prayer called the litany of the night. Basically, it's kind of an intercession. These are some of the things they pray for. For those who are at this moment in danger of losing their faith forever, have mercy. For those who are indulging in sinful activities, have mercy. For the sleepless and the lonely, be near them. So if you have trouble sleeping, well, know that the monks pray for you so you could have a sweet night. For the night nurses, get faithfulness and sympathy. If you're a nurse and you go you work, you have night shift. These monks, they pray for you. For those dying alone without priest or sacrament, have mercy. How many people will die today in Portland? Maybe without priest. And these monks, they all, always pray at eight. At the end of mass, they will begin to pray this litany of prayer, of of, of the night. So this silence influence. And who knows why you are here. Maybe the prayer of sisters in China. Maybe the prayers of a priest that you met some moment of your life. This gift of praying. Also within this group, we could also speak of another type of consecration that maybe is not official because consecrated life is meant in a sense it has an official aspect to it. Is You become a consecrated person through the blessing usually of a bishop and you belong to a consecrated a community, an official community. But I think Anna also speaks to us in a way that Maybe we never thought that some people maybe will never get married and some people maybe will never join consecrated life. They will not be sisters or priests. But they are called to, in a sense, find a, a type of consecration in their lives. Anna was married, became a widow, and instead of having pity for herself, he devoted her life to pray and to serve. So I think Anna also speaks of another kind of indirect way of consecration. All those single people who maybe will never be married for different reasons, because of character, disabilities, or maybe because their first marriage didn't work, they are called to, in a sense, choose another form, another type of service and consecration. In God's providence, Find a new meaning, a new sense of consecration and mission and service. Because all of us, we have a mission and a vocation the Lord gives us. And also, married people speak to consecrated people. So consecrated people say, we are here to serve you, we are here to pray for you, we are here to show you the love of God and the beauty of an undivided heart. But also, married people, they help consecrated people understand their own vocation. They complement and enrich each other. In many ways, families are a blessing for priests and consecrated people. First, for their support, their love, their affection. Second, their testimony of faith. And third, married couples remind consecrated people in a visible way of this love between the the church and and them. So, personally, when I see the faithfulness of a spouse, I'm reminded in a visible way of my call to be faithful to the church. When I see the service of parents to their kids, I'm reminded of my own call to be fruitful. When I receive a sick call in the middle of the night and I first think oh, like, why did you choose to die? Can you wait for three more hours? Like? But then I remember, well this is what happens to couples. So many times they are, have to wake up to take care of their kids and spend sleepless nights. So as they are parents I am a father as well. I need to take care of my children. So they mutually enrich each other. And this is a beautiful thing. We see in the gospel that when the two vocations work together, something powerful happens. Mary, Joseph, and Jesus go back to Galilee, strengthened in their faith, strengthening in their vocation. And think of Simeon and Anna. After experiencing baby Jesus, they stay in the temple with a new faith and a new love. So when consecrated people and married people, they work together, it's a very beautiful chemistry that happens in the church. So for this week, just give you two concrete things to do. First, pray for vocations to a priesthood and the consecrated life. Jesus says, Pray. The harvest is plenty. There is so much need. So pray, especially pray in if you pray the Rosary so in the fourth mystery, especially devoted to that. If you have children or if you have grandchildren, pray that they may become priests or sisters if God calls them. Sometimes, as a priest, many times when someone wants to join the St. John Society, sometimes one of the main obstacles. Is the parents. They're so against it. Many times they're very much in favor. But how beautiful it will be that from this community we create families that pray for vocations, that work on the generations to come. Plus, it's a win win. Because if one of your children becomes a priest, for example, you have 50% of the way to heaven gained. (laughs) That person will pray so much for you. So that's a very good deal. If you don't have children, if you are young, this is a question you should always ask. What is your will, Lord? Don't be afraid. You will hate me for this homily, like, but don't be afraid. Jesus is a good shepherd. He loves you. He knows what is best for you. If he calls you for that, go. It's a very beautiful life. And the second thing is, this is February 7th through February 14th. It's a week of prayer for married couples. And February 9th, next Sunday, we'll do a blessing of all married couples. We'll post online a virtual marriage retreat for seven days, short reflections. If you are married, just spend some time with your couple, reflecting on the sacrament of marriage and, and praying. And next Sunday, we'll do a special blessing so we come today to the temple to find jesus like simeon and anna like joseph and mary we come to this place where the laity and the ordained come together to the source to the fountain of all love the eucharistic lord so let us receive him in a special way tonight And let us ask him both to show us and to strengthen us in our own specific proper vocation.